Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to talk about promoting yourself and the difference between it being a gimmick and actual promoting, whether or not there is a difference. And we'll also discuss how to promote yourself online and offline in order to make your next show, event, festival, art walk, yard and art sale, uh, open studio, whatever it is that you're going to do, how to make that fun, the promoting part fun and, you know, make it a success. Yeah. And uh, possible ways that you might find uh, that you can cross over that, the cross over the veil of online and offline. (laughs) (laughs) We have gone into a different realm now. Also, we have our rogues here with us uh, lending their excellence and their input and their questions. So Rogue Fam, if you have any stories, experiences or questions to share with us as we go, we will definitely be looking forward to that. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here. You guys always make these conversations um, a lot more fun and insightful. So thank you for being here. Ruffy and I have done some, uh, I don't know, weird promotions throughout <laughs> our our careers. I mean, we do we do a lot of things. We do a lot of things. Um, I don't know if they're weird, maybe just offbeat a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. I suppose like um and, and really what I mean is like we've done a lot of stuff that was like uncomfortable for us uh I, getting I, started. I think that that's the biggest challenge. So like when or not the biggest challenge, just the biggest motivator for me to go out and do like different like in person promoting and even online promoting could be um it could be fear inducing mm-hmm. when you're putting yourself out there, right? So a lot of times what people do when they do online promotion is that they pay for ads. So essentially you um, you know, put something out there still and you're putting it out in front of an audience of people that aren't gonna like it. So for example, the books that I wrote, mm-hmm. I have ads that I am doing. I don't typically do ads for art or for much of anything else, but for the books themselves, because I want to find a new audience out there to be able to read these books, because I think that they're super helpful. Um, that's something that I am slowly but surely kind of looking and paying for ads and stuff like that. Learning how all that works. Learning how in all this that day works. Age. Mm-hmm. But really, like it's it's not it's not as challenging or as fun as a lot of the other promoting that we do. Yeah. The, the fun part is like, oh look, I haven't sold anything. Well, you know, it's, it's it's that kind of thing with the ads, and you're going to hear us say this probably numerous times during this podcast. But um, we made we had to make sure if we were going to run ads that we had a good time. Yeah. Creating said ads that it was fun and that we were that it was something that made us smile and laugh as we were creating them. So. And that's the the biggest thing for me is you know if you're going to pay for ads or you're going to do any kind of promoting or um, online promoting or in-person promoting, I I think that it's important that, you know, you, you are educating, you are letting people know that maybe your next event is going on. But I think also adding that bit of fun, something that is fun for you, um, A, makes it way easier for you to do, even if it is something that's totally awkward, like, Recently, I was walking around with a sandwich board promoting our show during a festival. Yeah, which I want to talk about a little bit. Um, But I think that uh, laughter really helps you come out of your shell. And it also kind of breaks through the um, icebreaker barrier when you're meeting people. So recently, uh, a a lot of you guys know, but some of you don't know that Rafi and I have a a solo exhibition coming up and it's the first time that Rafi and I are collectively, like the two of us are taking over a gallery space Yeah, and it's uh, here in our new town. And there's- And for anybody that happens to be in the Venango area and you would like to go to a fabulous show, August 5th from 6 to 8 p.m., is the reception for our month-long show at Graffiti Gallery. At Graffiti Gallery. And, and it's called, Hi, We're New Here. Nice promotion. Yes. 
Thank you. I, I figured, you know, if we're doing this, we might as well promote our show. Definitely. So there it is. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, we'll have food and drinks. No, <laughs> um, we will have food and drinks. So there's going to be in-person and virtual components to the show, but largely it's, you know, an in-person show. We're showing our art. We're going to have um, food and drinks and music and various different things there. And um, we obviously are putting it out there online, but uh, Rafi decided last week that he was going to make a sandwich board sign to wear on his body yeah. Um, because there was another festival happening here in town and a big four day festival that happens every year. And we wanted to go out and kind of like meet people and be in the hustle and bustle of it and yeah. also promote our show. A lot of, a lot of times when we have done like where I've done a show or you've done a show or we have something important coming up, usually like Clea and I will be showing at a festival, uh, weeks leading up to it right so like like i said before we used to do like a show or an art walk or something every weekend so a lot of times we would promote our big show that was coming up by doing these festivals yeah. and being there so we had a presence but this show i was thinking about it, i was like because we were just very busy here so we weren't able to sign up for the oil heritage to show some art um so i thought about it. i was like well this is a lot of times this is how we get to meet a lot of people mm-hmm so what can we do um, in order to go out? And I thought about it like, okay, maybe I'll do a t-shirt. I'll write on a t-shirt, you know, ask me about my show. I was like, yeah, that's kind of boring. So then I thought to myself, what is the most awkward and fear inducing <laughs> thing for me to do? And so I went down into the studio and built a very rudimentary uh, sandwich board out of like old, uh, old, straps for like suitcases and stuff like that and some plywood and painted on the front and the back a very bright vibrant blue color Mm -hmm. that was very attention getting had our poster on each side and said ask me about our art show and then i threw that thing on yes and then we headed out (laughs) now here's the interesting thing and you can tell me what your feelings were about it yeah but um I I wasn't very concerned with how effective the sandwich board was going to be. Yeah. I was actually more concerned with just facing the feelings that were going to come up as we're out there, you with the sandwich board and me with the flyers. Yeah. Well, most definitely. I was thinking about, I mean, I, I knew that walking around with, you know, I, it, if you were wearing a costume, you know, you could be wearing a, a, a bunny suit mm-hmm. or a, unicorn costume and go out and talk to people and promote your show. Right. Yeah. I mean, people get paid to do that. A lot of times people will stand somebody, you know, whenever it's tax season, you'll see somebody standing on a corner with the, you know, statue of Liberty costume on. Right. Or like flipping signs, flipping around signs and stuff like that. Because they do get attention. Yeah. Because basically you want to do something that is going to give someone an extra level of attention. Now, here's the interesting thing that I didn't think about, right? Now, we didn't run into this very often, but we did run into this sometimes where people kind of like side glanced. Yeah, they didn't want to be seen looking. Yeah, because a lot of times, a lot of times when somebody is coming up to you and having a conversation with you on the street, um, a lot of people are used to kind of ignoring them because usually they're asking for something, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a donation or something like that. So... I could have easily had this sandwich board and been walking around asking for donations for something. And so like, I think that some people that was their approach. Now, the interesting thing about that is that me getting out there and being terrified, that was one of my fears that people were going to look at me like I was, I mean, like, my what father, are you doing? my father called me and he said, what are you doing on the street selling things like a homeless person? You know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm a, there are certain perceptions that people are going to have. And that's where the fear comes in. Yeah. Right. That's where the fear comes in because it's like, you're getting out there. You want to be taken seriously, but you don't, you don't want people to get the wrong idea or you don't want people to think any less of you or whatever it is, whatever the fear is. So I decided that I was going to go out and do this anyway, because it was fun. And honestly, I would say that 99.9% of the people that we ran into 
were very, very receptive. Most they, definitely. And the thing that I hadn't thought about beforehand was that it was very, very effective because when then when either one of us went to say, hey, we're we're out promoting our art show. Would you like a flyer? It wasn't like a cold approach because no. they were already looking at us. They already knew something was going on. So it actually inadvertently was a lot easier to say, would you like a flyer? given the circumstances. Yes. Yeah. And it was, and it was a great, uh, icebreaker because what I, I would notice that somebody maybe was side glancing. Now at first, uh, when people were kind of side glancing and, um, you know, I, I, I honestly was quite a bit shy. And that, that's the interesting thing is that like a lot of people have a really hard time thinking that I'm, you know, they, or a hard time picturing the fact that I'm extremely introverted. So like when people would side glance, you know, my mind would take over. It's like, oh, they think that I'm like begging for something or whatever. And um, but after I to be honest with you, after about half an hour of wearing this sign and just walking around and people looking at me and stuff at that point, I was like, well, whatever. So anybody that even remotely glanced in my direction, um, I would approach them and I would ask them uh so are you wondering what this sign is about? And then they'd look at the sign. They're like, it's an art show. And then we would have a conversation with them about yeah, the totally. art show. Uh, Jenny said, I had a job as a dancing nine ball at a billiards hall. A drunk guy pushed me over and I couldn't get up <laughs> like a turtle, <laughs> like on, a its turtle back. on its back. Oh, Jenny. <laughs> I am laughing with you, Jenny. Yes. Yes, indeed. Hey, beautiful rogues. Hi, Cass. Listening while waiting on a client. Well, awesome. Awesome. Good awesome. to have you here. Allie said, I admire your boldness. Got any hints for an introvert who wants to get, who wants to get to Rafi ridiculous level boldness? <laughs> well, Allie, I mean, and that's the thing. Like I am, I am very introverted. Um, to be honest with you, whenever we are doing an event or whenever we're doing something like this, um, this is me challenging myself to be a little bit more outgoing and more out there. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, eight years ago, if you would have asked me to put on a, a sandwich board and walk around a festival, I would have been very, very, um, I would have tried it, but I don't think that I would have communicated as much because, um, it, it, it it's, taken it's taken you got to chip away at the at the intro that the insecurity of the introvert yeah as a matter of fact about uh 11 years ago maybe 12 years ago we uh rafi and i went out in costume in the keys in the florida keys oh that was that was actually a little bit longer ago that was 13 years that was when we released the uh... yeah it was very very early on in our travels we yeah. went out we went out with balloons and stickers, I believe. Yep. Um, and we were handing out happy balloons that had fun things written on them. And we were we were wearing almost like uh, like carnival style. Uh, I was wearing like a suit jacket. Yeah, very and... P.T. Barnum looking yeah. costumes. And it was um, it was Independence Day weekend. It was very hot. Uh, most people were wearing swimwear. Yes. Out and about, our costumes were very. Uh, they stood out a lot. Um, And we were incredibly painfully shy at the time. And um, we weren't, we weren't definitely not as outgoing uh, as we've become nowadays. And it was hard. It was, it was was extremely hard. And the thing is that when, when you are putting yourself out there, right, you're, you're going to be facing some fears, especially if you're introverted or it's hard for you to do it. Um, uh, Cass is here and I know that Cass had one of her first interviews mm-hmm. on, uh, Facebook at one of the galleries. And I know that, that, that kind of thing, you know, it's, she's very shy and yet still doing it is ultimately what matters. Right. So I'm still very proud of us for doing that first, you know, with the balloons and the PT Barnum stuff. One thing that I want to add, though, is you want to make sure, because Esther asked, she said that she has a, a unicorn outfit. And I was like, that is really awesome. But one thing that you really want to make sure is that you're comfortable. Right? For sure. So the Physically comfortable. Yeah. It was the reason that the sandwich board, I made it smaller. I made it very light. It was only quarter inch plywood that I made it out of. 
something that wasn't going to be uh, hot or stifling. Um, so I was very comfortable when we did the thing in Key West. That was very uncomfortable. It was triple digits temperatures yeah. and we were dressed to the nines. Yeah. yeah. So that that made us want to quit um, almost immediately yeah. in addition to being emotionally uncomfortable. So you want to you want to be physically comfortable because you're already going to be emotionally uncomfortable in, in putting yourself out there if you haven't done it before. Tina said, when I was a teenager, I had no inhibitions. I didn't care about acting a fool, but the older I get, the more introverted I get. Now, here's an interesting thing too, because um, some of the rogue fam that's getting older in years is a uh, pendulum swinging back to less in- yeah. inhibited, yeah. not caring as kinda, much. Kind of like the older you get, the less f's you give it's like when you're a kid you really are outgoing and then we go through this phase of our lives where we're kind of concerned with uh what people are going to think of us and then as the years go on you kind of start to realize the more experiences you have maybe that it really doesn't matter that much yeah and and And, the the, yeah the more practice that you have at at putting yourself out there you know and and obviously to a certain degree if you're doing it more often then you're going to get there faster then you're going to get there a lot faster and i think that's the goal for me uh somebody who couldn't say hi to people 10 years ago is to just get there faster so to just do the thing and a lot of you guys have heard me say time and time again, or heard Rafi say that doing the thing is the therapy for fear of doing the yeah. thing. So I knew I was going to feel super uncomfortable with this sandwich board idea. I didn't want to do it. Rafi didn't want to do it. And we, but, and really <laughs> like I wanted to do it, but, but we I didn't, didn't want to do it, wanna do but it. we you know, did want to, you so know what I mean? Right. The, like, yeah, like I wanted to do it. But I didn't want it. So I wanted to do it because I wanted the challenge and I wanted to get out there and promote the show. But I didn't want to do it because I was afraid. And and that's where that's where I find the challenge most worth it. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think in some ways that's what separates uh, promotion and gimmick. And, yeah. and we'll discuss that in a little bit. Jenny said the dancing nine ball gig was the same waitress job that made me sick before each shift. If I can do it, any introvert. Can. Oh, yes, absolutely, Jenny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 when you put yourself out there and you're, you understand that like, okay, I'm terrified of this. Mm -hmm. And kind of like Jenny said, like, you know, you'd get sick and vomit, throw up, whatever, like, you know, our bodies, when, when that happens, our bodies has, they have a physical response, Mm -hmm. right? There was a point where I'm wearing this sign and I'm shaking. It's one of the reasons that we're going to do a live concert at the art show is because I am, my legs give out on me on stage when I'm playing music because I am so scared. And yet I could talk in front of a group of, of, of people, right. Because of a job that I had. Yeah. We're kind of opposites in that way. I have a hard time talking, but I'm, I can play music. Cass said leap of faith. Yeah, Yeah, that is exactly right. Welcome Hank. Hey Hank. (laughs) Samson said, did someone mention boneheaded? (laughs) Uh, when you get older, says Kelly, you earn the right to say and do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think I think we get to say and do whatever the heck we want at any time. But I, I think you touched on something there um, about, you know, getting a little bit more concerned about what people think or what the neighbors think or whatever, whatever that situation is, you know, because I, I think we all go to, we all end up going to school. We go to high school and like you enter this hierarchy of judgment, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's, it's a bunch of, basically when you go, when you go to school, it's like this melting pot of a bunch of adults, like all the parents, like their ideals and their ideas on the world mm-hmm. um, through the filter of their kid, depending on what relationship they have with that kid, where it's like, you know, you listen to what I say. I know you don't know anything. I know every, you know, and then you have rebelliousness and you have all this stuff. So it's like this huge, it's like a, like a witch's brew of just (laughs) (laughs) mentality and judgment and all kinds of things, like a little mini, uh, example of like what the world is it, to it to is. an extreme yeah. to an extreme because you know as as kids we're all very extreme and then we go out into the world and at that point you're a little bit more afraid to 
get caught doing something stupid because maybe you've gotten laughed at or you saw another kid get laughed at and stuff like that. So I think that for a lot of us, you know, the idea of walking around with a sandwich board in school promoting something, um, depending on who you are, you are either going to get hella made fun of or or it's going to be super effective. Right. Yeah. It's going to be super effective. And that's that's the, the tightrope that we each walk on. And that's the interesting thing about that fear is that it really has nothing to do with the actual world. It has more to do with this fear of judgment that maybe we picked up from school. Uh, Sarah M said, I don't care if anyone thinks I'm a fool anymore. If I'm having fun and not hurting anyone or anything by it, then I shall do it to my dying. Yes, Sarah, that is brilliant. And you made me think of something too, talking about like the microcosm that is school and shul um, and, and really how your attitude makes or breaks it. Right. So like um, when you're in school or when you're out doing something like walking around with a sandwich board, your energy that you're putting off is like the most crucial part of it. Yeah. Rafi and I were a little bit awkward at first, and then we started laughing and acknowledging the fact that, yes, we are a couple of weirdos out here with sandwich board and flyers. Like, and then I was like, that's right, we are. Yeah. So <laughs> the more we had fun and the more we laughed, the yeah. more people were laughing with us and really like wanting to find out what we were doing. Um, so just like in school, you know, like if you're a little nervous kid walking around with a sandwich board and, and, a and, a, you know, a cool kid says some stuff to you, right. If you can laugh it off, that's going to be a lot more well, that's, effective. And than... that's the difference. That's the difference between owning it. You yeah. Know? Cause that's, that's one of the things that you just said, like when we walked around I think it was, we were crossing the bridge and you made the comment, like we are weird people. We are weird humans. And um, then I looked at us and I looked at you and I looked at me wearing the sandwich board and I was like, oh my God, yes, we are. And at that moment, that's when I was owning it, where owning I was like, it. yeah, I'm going to own it. Cass said, don't do it alone. Get a friend or partner. I think that that is brilliant advice, Cass. Yes, especially, it is. Especially for somebody who's having a really, really hard time putting themselves out there. I think that if you have a friend who is extroverted, the one thing you got to make sure is that you don't um, you don't hang under coattails. Don't let them do don't, all the don't promoting. let them do all the promoting. That you really push yourself to to do a little bit of promoting and and basically when I say promoting, I just mean meeting people. You know, like the sandwich board wasn't a necessary component, but it was a good ingredient to add to be able to start a conversation. And it made it so that we couldn't avoid promoting the show, yeah. right? Because you could go out with flyers and, and, we, and, and have the it. best of intentions. We've done that. We've gone out with flyers and then like locked up and didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Um. So really like something like a sandwich board is going to make it so that you really have to find a way to break out of that, um, that yeah. <laughs> isolating, wanting to isolate. Cass said, rejection is a bitch. Pardon the, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that's the, unfortunately, it's part of that growth, right? Uh, I forget which book it was that I read, but they they called rejection, they called all the stuff that we go through, um, especially as teenagers and stuff, like in school and like in society and stuff like that. It's almost, it's the, like the warrior's journey. Like you got to go into this like pit of, insecurity, which is mostly what, you know, school is at any level. It doesn't matter if it's college or, or whatever. You go into this pit of insecurity that where you're meeting a bunch of people that are very insecure that, um, you know, and, and I don't mean that as far as like teenagers and stuff like that, but I'm just saying like, there's a lot of insecurity, a lot of bullies, a lot of rejection, a lot of stuff like that. And especially at school, because you know, you've got a lot of t-shirt teachers that reject kids and there's uh, cliques and include. So it's basically like this microchasm of the world. And I feel like going through that is that's part of the warrior's journey. Like you go mm -hmm. through that and then you get to face that and then put yourself out there or you lock up and you never put yourself out there. Yeah. And I've definitely been both sides of that stick. Nanny said, I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Esther asked, is having fun part of the key to it not being a gimmick? Yes, I would Esther. say so. Yes. I, I think another component for it to not be a gimmick, because really there is a fine line there, Esther, 
I think really the and and this might just be my um interpretation of what a gimmick is, right? Cuz you could you could do something really fun understanding that like okay, I I want to do this because this is going to put me in a situation where I am going to be forced to talk to people and I am going to, you know, I have an option here. I could either have a good time doing this or it could be the worst experience of my life. Mm-hmm. It's really up to me. Now, if you're doing it with the intention to get something out of someone, that's where it would be a gimmick. This is exactly what I was going to say also. Are you trying to give something or are you trying to get something? I think that's what sort of makes the distinction. And this can be a gray area because obviously when we went out to promote our show, um, you could say, well, you're trying to get people to your show. But really when it came down to it, neither one of us was all that concerned with whether a single one of those people actually shows up at our reception. Right. We were trying to get out of our comfort zone and we were trying to give people the opportunity to find out about our show. But honestly, after that, it really doesn't matter what they do with that information. So they could come or they could not come, but we met them. And yeah. so I think that's kind of the the dividing thing. When we put the, even the ads, right? The ads for the book, Obviously, it's great if people want to buy the book. Right. (laughs) That is the objective. But doing the ads was pushing ourselves to find a fun way to to bring it to people's awareness that this thing exists. Well, I want to I want to become I want to educate myself more on that process so that I could find if find a way to be able to help others if that's something that they're interested in doing. Right. You know, and, and, and basically have a really good, I know what doesn't work when it comes to ads because of ads that I did years ago, but you know, do I know what would work or what doesn't work and stuff? I I sound like one of those stupid infomercials, but you know, like I want to become more familiarized with it and I want to find the fun in doing it. And I think, I think, Really, when it comes down to a gimmick, let me give you an example, Esther, of what I consider a gimmick, right? When we were on the road, one of the most important um, rules that Clea and I followed was that we were never going to ask for a handout Mm -hmm. and, you know, we were going to basically pay our own way whenever we could. Now, mind you, we're not, we weren't, we didn't have an income. we didn't have any job or anything like that. And there wasn't the consistency of like building an art show or anything like that. That wasn't really happening. So we got interviewed on the radio and then someone invited us to play music at a festival and they were going to pay us to play music at a festival. We got paid to play music at, um, a celebration, a celebration of life thing. So like we would pay our own way and really put ourselves out there in order to, for, you know, it was us playing music for free um, that got people to hire us to go and do things, right? So we weren't playing music uh, for free so that we would get hired. We were playing music for free because we wanted to promote our band and our music and, you know, what we do. And put it out there and face the fear. you know, you guys know that I'm terrified of that. So that was to face fear. Now, while we were on the road, we met people that asked us if we flipped gas signs. This is a gimmick. Basically, at the gas station, somebody will flip a sign. They'll walk around. They'll walk around with a empty tank of gas, point at their car, and say that their family, you know, that they they ran out of gas, that they couldn't, whatever. Da 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 da. Some people that are on the road, this is what they do. And what they do is they collect money throughout the day. They drive to different gas stations. They keep collecting money. And then they collect more than enough for their gas. But then they also, you know. Live off of it, They live off of it. Now, in my mind, I'm like, that's a gimmick. Like, you, you could be honest. I've had people approach me and be honest and say, you know, I don't have any money. I need, you know, and I need gas and food. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I do. And so like, I think that if you're lying in any way, shape or form, um, in order or trying to, I don't know, trying to promote something when in actuality, you're trying to trick someone in any way, shape or form, 
then at that point, I would say that that's where it becomes a gimmick. I think if your sole intention is to get a result, like with the scavenger hunt, for example, any of the scavenger hunts we've done. Yeah. A lot of, and and what she's saying here, guys, is that a lot of times when I'm going to do a show with this show in particular, this show is happening in a couple of weeks. So like we didn't have enough time to do the level of promoting or whatever it is that we do. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll put together a scavenger hunt before the show as little gifts from Rafi and Klee. And that will usually get attention sometimes, not always. But the reason we do it is because it's our opportunity to give back yeah, and, and put ourselves out there in a way that, you know, it's still, it's still scary for me to put my, my art out there. All in of that it way. is, all of it is. But yeah, I think, I think it has everything to do with where your focus is and what the intention is. Uh, Hank said, it is weird, right? We think what others think it like, but really we do not have any idea what one thinks or likes. I was so surprised when someone, when some photographers came by to check out the paintings, they selected four of them, blew my mind, never thought that they would do that. So our preconceived notions tend to limit us in what we do. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Hank. Absolutely. Most definitely. And that's the, one of my biggest things out there is the whole concept of day, they. Uh, the whole concept of, you know, I hear people say it all the time. Oh, the people in this town, they don't buy expensive art. Oh, the people in this neighborhood don't buy, they don't, da, 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 da. Like as if you could do a blanket statement and talk about everyone in a particular group. Right. And it just doesn't work that way. That's not reality. Um, so the whole concept of they is always a, it's, it's a challenging one, but is one that you always have to take a look at and just, you know, so if if the concept of they is making you think that it's not possible, then you are incorrect. Tina said, when I was in school, I was popular and I could do anything and get laughs. But now I'm awkward and nerdy. I think I'm backwards. Well, Tina, you, you are popularity is awkward and nerdy. You, yes. And also, <laughs> so, I'll say, you know what? Um, it's just a new facet. So like when you're putting yourself out there as a creative, you're dealing with a different facet of putting yourself out there in the world and you're getting there a little by you, little. You got to think about it this way, Tina. Um, also, and this is this is uh, Rafi's mind challenge for Tina. Uh, just food for thought. Your popularity was based on what? Was it based on what other people thought of you or what you thought of yourself? You know, because honestly, popularity in school, um, a lot of people think that it has to do with the other kids that are around you. But really, ultimately, it comes down to you yourself. I made a transition at one point in school where I was very popular and I had no idea that I was popular because I was so nerdy. But the difference was, I think it was junior year, I just started walking around with more confidence. I just really owned up to the fact that like, okay, you know what? I'm a big nerd and I'm awesome. And I'm just, you know, I also started like, you know, not following rules and, and becoming somewhat of the rogue that I am now. So like teachers, you know, that made me upset. I was like, whatever, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And so like, at some point I apparently had gotten a, a reputation and was popular. The irony is that I was the last one to find out. I think it was like two days at the end of the school year that somebody was like, Oh yeah, you're, you're popular. I was like, what, you know, <laughs> it's but, all about being confident in who yeah. you are. Allie said so true about having fun. If someone criticizes someone for having fun, they'll look like a real killjoy. <laughs> a lot worse right? than looking foolish. Exactly. Exactly. Welcome Ginger. Uh, Ginger's like, Tina, you're fam though. I think more of us than not are too. Yeah. We're all at our different I mean, stages of working through it. Yeah. We're all working through it. And not only that, but we're all awkward and nerdy. Yeah. Let anybody out there. The fact of the matter is that anybody that says that they're not awkward and nerdy, then they're awkward and dirty. Listen, there's nothing nerdier than following a sports team uh, like a like a telenovela where, you know, the stats of your you know, it's like it's basically it's basically like following comic book heroes. Right. But they're a sports team and you have their stats and you know what they did last year. And <laughs> their you know origin what doing, story. Their origin story, the whole nine yards. Like, everybody is nerdy. It just, it all depends on how you look at it. That's true. Kelly said, I was laughed at when I was little because I was youngest of six. All clothes belonged to someone else before I got them. 
And mom was nightmare when it came to laundry, which I learned at age eight to do myself. But that grew me a very hard skin. Yeah. yeah I And I think that that's the thing, like, I don't, so Kelly, I, I, for personal reasons, I don't like using the term hard skin because it represents to me a barrier. Um, like you, you got to put a barrier in between you and the other person really for me. And that's, that's just semantics, by the way, like that doesn't mean anything for me. It has a lot more to do with the fact that like, you just give less, you know, like you just don't care. Mm -hmm. Like why would somebody, uh, point a finger at someone else or poke fun at someone else unless they were vastly insecure. And then at that point, you just kind of look at them like, really? Like, and the irony was, and I think one of the reasons that things changed for me in school, oh, Cass has to go, bye Cass, love you. Uh, What the irony was, and I think one of the reasons that things changed for me in school was that like, I just, I stopped taking it personally. Yeah, And I just didn't care. And I wouldn't feed that fire by getting my, my feelings hurt or being embarrassed or anything like that. I just kind of was like, whatever. And I, I just wouldn't care. Hank, and I'd walk away. Hank said, I'm, I had mentioned the above because I never would have invited them myself. If they <laughs> wanted to come by. Yeah. What we think, uh, what we think others is going to think is not what yeah. Hank is making a very good point. Yeah, here. absolutely. Yep. Allie said, I love that way of looking at promotion. It's like you're sharing because the goal is not to get anything back, but giving. Yeah. Giving people the opportunity to know about what you're doing, giving yourself the opportunity to meet people, giving yourself the opportunity to break through that comfort zone. And boy, oh boy, all of this stuff is an opportunity to do that. And it just makes you more of who you really are every time you do that. Yeah, exactly. I need to channel my inner silly teenager again, said Tina. YOLO. Do it. Tina, you you are, you're, you're not a silly teenager. I, I thought maybe you were. Esther said, <laughs> I just want to make finding out about my art and teaching in a fun way. Yes, yeah, Esther. And totally. Esther, honestly, you are. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job and you're hilarious. And, you know, you you are just a fun human being and you're a bright light. So that's one of the things to remember. I love the idea of, um, you know, just having fun with it. And Esther, you really you really have managed to have a have a good time with it. And I think that it's vastly important to remember um, that, it, it you know, things take time. Yes. Take time. I, 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 I'm sorry that I sounded a little uh, distracted. There's there, a helicopter, there's a helicopter, flying, helicopter by flying by our house. I think a surefire way to distinguish a gimmick from just a genuine effort to put it out there is when something's a gimmick, the energy doesn't match up. And, and it's as simple as that, right? If someone is putting something out there that's pretending to be fun or be funny or be a good time, but their energy's whack, like that to me is a gimmick. Like on the back end, they're actually grouchy and don't want anything to do with it and just really yeah. trying to get a result. And then on the front end, it's looking like, ha like that to me is a gimmick. I've seen that happen with street performers, mm -hmm. you know, where like you tend to gravitate towards a street performer that is doing something amazing, but having a really good time doing it and having fun with the crowd. And then you have the street performers where you could tell that they've done they it. They secretly hate you and everyone yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. And they've done it so many times. <laughs> They're so like, jaded. It's yeah. just completely scripted. And like, you could see right through that. You could, you could feel it. You might still watch the performance, but you're not going to be as wowed by it as the person that's really having fun yeah. out there. When the energies don't add up, when what's being presented and what's actually behind the scenes don't add up, there's your gimmick. Ginger yeah. said often, being your own weird self often speaks for itself. First grade family day. Girls, bring in your baby dolls. Yeah, no. I brought in a stuffed animal snake. But this is my baby. Forever the weird kid. Pff, but real easy to identify. <laughs> I love it, Jinja. Yeah, it's that part. It's embracing it. It's just embracing the fact. And you know what, what worked for me was embracing it while... I was out there, uh -huh. um, you know, because your mind and the insecurity and all that stuff like starts sneaking in and then realizing like, wait a second, I'm, we're weird. We're weird. And then owning it 
just kind of like gives you that additional superpower where you're like, screw it. Like I am weird. Let somebody come up. What are they going to say? You're weird. Like, yeah. And ultimately it comes down to like, I'm out here. So I could, I have a few choices. I could either go home or I could have an awful time or I could have really the best time that I could possibly yeah. have. Rachel said my awkward and nerdy is awkward and nerdy. <laughs> I love that Rachel. <laughs> I think that that's, when it comes to promoting yourself and putting yourself out there, and I, and I want to touch on this because one thing that we got to remember is you want to do stuff that you're going to have fun doing, right? Not just like, all right, we got to pass out a hundred flyers and blah, 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 yeah. and all that stuff. Like if you're going to do something, find a way to make it entertaining and fun for you because it's it's already going to be tedious and hard to begin with. So you do want to have fun with it. Now, that being said, because I did say that we are going to discuss how to promote yourself offline and online. Mm -hmm. Don't just do one thing, right? So like going out with the sandwich board is not the only promoting that I'm doing, right? And it's it's not only in-person promoting that I'm doing. I'm going to do online promoting too by reminding people constantly Hey, the show's coming. Hey, the show's coming. Hey, the show's coming up. I'm going to talk about the show. I'm going to reference the date of the show. We're going to give previews we're, of we're things give, we're excited yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to, and, and what's important there is that you are excited, you know, that it's, it's about the excitement. I want to share the excitement of what it is that we're doing. And that's what I, that's why I'm in, incessantly telling you about this show that's going to happen, right? Because I'm excited about it. And now, you've heard us say that, that promotion is really nothing more than mutual excitement. Yeah. We're excited. We're sharing the excitement. Other people, if they resonate, are going to be excited. And that's how that works. And that's what you want to do. You want to do it across the board. You want to do stuff online. You want to do stuff. You want to do the social media promoting by showing, you know, glimpses of the show and stuff like that. But also you want to do the in-person promoting. You want to cross promote the stuff. Mm -hmm. You want to cross. That's how you grow your, you know, if you want to call them audience, but really that's how you grow your peeps, right? Because then you give them the opportunity to find you. And a lot of people, I see a lot of people say, and you know, and, and what's the irony here is that people usually get very upset with me when I say, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't really doesn't matter where you are. At this point in time, you could drive half an hour to an hour away and you're going to find some kind of art show or some kind of art walk or some kind of thing going on. Mm -hmm. You're going to find people that enjoy art. You're going to find, you cannot just make a black blanket statement and say, well, you know, it's kind of like what Hank said, why am I going to invite, why am I going to promote to the people in this town if none of them are going to buy anything, mm -hmm. you know, and I've heard people in this town say that, and yet they're constantly selling art at their gallery. Yes. And even the artists within this gallery will say that people in this town don't buy anything. And I'm like, well, that's weird because, you know, you guys are selling some art here and there. So obviously people do buy stuff. I think there's definitely mad opportunities for um, cross promoting the virtual world and the in real life stuff, um, which is why for this event that we have coming up, there are so many virtual components to it. But we're also, when we do a virtual event, not neglecting our new town. Yeah. So if you have a virtual event, you still could hand out flyers to the people in your town yeah. to come to your virtual event and vice versa if you're yeah, having an in-person event. If you're doing online classes, then give the people in your town the opportunity to do online classes. Listen, for the most part, some people, some people want to show up and have an in-person class, but there are plenty of introverts out there and those are the ones that we're going to connect with that want to do the thing virtually and then build up their confidence mm -hmm. and you're able to give them the option to do something in person if it ever comes to that but that, i think that that's the thing that's that's really when you're putting yourself out there um and promoting anything it's remembering that every single part of what you do should be fun it should be fun. And that includes your promotion. And the more fun you're having, chances are the more, quote unquote, powerful the promotion is. 
Uh, Tina said, I loved Esther's unicorn video. That was genius. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that unicorn video, Esther. That was great. Um, the difference is your intention, said Clover. Agreed, yeah, Clover. Absolutely. Leslie said, definitely stay true to yourself. When at art school, everyone was trying to be unique and they all ended up looking the same. Yes. <laughs> That's the irony of it, right? So it's one of the reasons that with the marketing book that I wrote, that's that's my biggest thing. It's like you have all these people that are promoting marketing courses, but they're all selling the same way of marketing. There is nothing that sets you apart, like nothing at all that sets you apart. So what are you going to do? Do an email list like everyone else. You're going to do funneling like everyone else. You know, it's a, there. there's nothing there that sets you apart and everybody's on to the gimmick. They already know what funneling is. It's they know true. that if you're offering something for free and you are collecting their email, that that's funneling. And chances are the moment they get the free thing, they're going to put you on your, on the, the spam list, you know? So it's like, to me, if you're having fun and you're, you're, you're going to think outside of the box and you're going to do something that hasn't been done before or a variation of something that's been done before, and it's going to be very unique. And I think whether you're online or or uh, in person, I think that really that's that's the 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 way to look at it. And as an opportunity to face some fears, you know, especially in person. I mean, online is it's scary too, but especially in por- person. I ordered per- pass card postcards. I ordered postcards to pass out for the next show. That's awesome, awesome Esther. Esther. That is awesome. Nanu said, I'm going to do a Twitch sale in a few weeks for my prints. Sweet. Awesome, Nanu. I'm curious to see how you promote it, Nanu. Me too. Samson said, I've been thinking of taking my sketchbook out to the zoo here and doing some in-person arting and to see if they would have my books in the gift shop. Hard to get comfortable working with an it, audience. It is. It is. I could tell you right now, the first time that I did a live painting, it was absolutely terrifying for me. And my first live painting um, was at a concert and I was invited by the band to come out and do a live painting while they were playing their show. Um, and so on stage, on stage. Mm-hmm. So like everybody was staring at us and, you know, and of course I promoted the show because I wanted people to come out. Um, so there were a lot of people that were there just staring at me painting, listening to the music, but there were a lot of people there that were listening to the music, just staring at me painting. And it was absolutely terrifying, but I could tell you that by the end of the uh, hour and a half that I was up there, I just didn't care. Yeah. Like I didn't care. It was, it was the perfect opportunity for me to just really not care. I didn't care if I got the painting finished I didn't care what anybody thought about any technique. I didn't care about the ugly stage of the painting. I just did what I did. And I've done several live paintings since then. And honestly, I'm much more comfortable. Like, I just don't care. Kelly said, I love doing plein air painting. Yeah. Samson said, though, it's 190 degrees here. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. maybe wait till it cools Maybe off. wait till just it cools. You want to, you want to be comfortable. That's the thing. Anytime that I've done a live painting and I've been uncomfortable, it just, it's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's bad enough. Heat like, makes us angry. Heat, heat makes me, there, there, it's one of the reasons that I stopped doing uh, a lot of the shows and art walks and we did them for years and years, but it, it got to the point where I do a show and I'd be overheating and I would just be angry. I had to walk away and tell Clee like, talk to this person like my art's all about inspiration and being happy and finding your joy and all that stuff and like people would walk up and i was just angry well that's full circle to the lesson we learned the first time we went out in pt barnum style yes. gear is like be comfortable be comfortable don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be overheating or something like that most definitely hank said that is very lincoln park painting on stage did lincoln park have a painting on stage aspect a few, to their show a few bands have had had, uh, said, stage, but I'm curious if Lincoln Park did. Nanu said, I'm hiring the Rafi promo company. Well, uh, <laughs> the Rafi promo company is currently busy promoting a show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nanu said, Rafi loves the heat. He loves it so no, much. No, not at all. Yearning for the fall. Yes. Yes. Yearning for the fall. Yes, they did, said Hank. Oh, that's, that's cool. so cool. I did not know that. I never saw their live show. Uh, it's never comfortable here in the, the islands. islands. Oh, oh man, Kirkman. I'm yeah. Sorry, Kirkman. 
you do you get some nice uh some nice wind at least some cool breeze <laughs> you know i'll be honest it's really it's so you know in the winter time it's so funny because like i picture promoting in the winter time and i picture like um you know just building random snowmen holding a sign uh on totally. different, different areas you know uh doing like an ice sculpture like thinking about stuff you know a lot of stuff that i could just kind of like formulate a plan and do it very quickly mm -hmm. you know like have a mold for the so snowman so that we could just do it and in the summertime i think of like you know like old yard signs and like mm -hmm. you know uh even even to the extent you got to think about the stuff that people you like pinwheels you know, a pinwheel sign that gets people's attention and stuff like pinwheels pass, are hella effective. Pa passing out flyers. Um, you know, I think the reason that I think this way is because I had a friend who um who always he always was very successful at anything that he did and he never had a job. Like ever. Mm -hmm. He never had a job, but he always had money. And the reason was because he had no qualms with buying a bunch of like dog toys and things like that on the cheap and then going to a dog park with a little makeshift cart and um, selling dog toys. Interesting. You know, he had no qualms with going to a park and selling Frisbees and, and or just whatever, just whatever it was or like, or going to a park and doing book readings and handing out poetry for, mm -hmm. you know, for money. Like he just, he, and, and the thing is that back at that point, I didn't make the association between art and what he was doing. I just thought, Oh, he's, he's a good entrepreneur. Right. Like I didn't make the connection, which was why it, you know, it took me for so long to get to the point to where around. I'm at. Cause I was like, wait a second. Um, but yeah, when you're promoting yourself, really, it's all about, it's all about just putting yourself out there and, and being brave about it. Most definitely. It really is. That's, that's the element. That's the thing that everyone's afraid to do, but is the most, the thing that we need to do, which is connect with people so that they know yeah. what you're doing and that you exist. Uh, Kirkman said sometimes a good breeze or a cold front comes through. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. At that's least. good. Um, Nanu said, I would love to come up and take some pics of you guys in the studio. And in general, that would be super cool. Nanu, whenever, you know, whenever you have time and we collectively have time. Yeah. Uh, Ali said, Hey, Samson, I do drawing. Uh, at art shows, just go off to the side somewhere, not drawing attention to yourself. The curious people will give you the best support. Haters won't even bother to approach you and they don't matter. Good yeah. luck. You know, and honestly, I have rarely, rarely when I'm doing a live painting, have I had somebody come up and be a hater. It's usually if you're going to have a hater, it's not even like a real hater. It's like just some dumbass who's trying to be funny in front of their friends usually and mm -hmm. usually with people like that you just you know you just give them a snarky remark or not a snarky but like a quirky like smart remark and usually then their friends turn and laugh at them <laughs> it's always i i love it but i would say that ali that's perfect like you know just put yourself off to the side and then slowly but surely start inching your way towards the center, you know, be the center of attention, get that, get that attention. That would be the goal is to not be, you know, um, for me, this is a personal goal. For me, my goal is to become the center of attention, to allow myself to take the center stage. And I think that, that I, I love the idea of like getting started somewhere and then inching your way, like that challenge of like, all right, uh, even if you do it a bunch of times, like, all right, I'm going to move half a foot every this time way. I do yeah. this mm -hmm. towards this direction and just feel that fear. But at least it's the baby steps that you're getting there. Clover said, I'm going to be a quest giver at my first booth. If they can answer some D&D &D trivia, then they get free dice and I'll get people talking to me about dice and D&D, &D, my two favorite things. Oh, that's awesome. That is an awesome that plan, Clover. That is awesome, Clover. I love that. Nanny said, I went to an auction one time and it was 110 there and there were no food trucks. Everyone was hungry and thirsty. And I went to Sam's and got water and snacks and came back and made 300 bucks. Yes. 
Yes. Heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Clover said, if you get haters, you did it. You made it. You made such an <laughs> impact on them that they had to engage. That's True story. right. That's right. I Ellie love that. said, challenge accepted. It's sweet. I Samson love it. said, we'll give it a go in the fall. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I, I'd love, I'd love to hear. You know, so if if you do like a picture journal, this is my place. This is where I'm setting up mm -hmm. and this is me painting. I would love to see all of that, Samson. I would love to see all of that. So um, so my biggest thing here, I would say that my takeaway in talking about promoting yourself at the end of the day is just have fun, mm -hmm. be inventive and, you know, challenge yourself to not follow the rules. Like I think about that, like even when I've done scavenger hunts, right, where I'm I'm leaving magnets around, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not damaging any property. If I do write anything on, uh, you know, it's going to be with chalk on the ground. It's magnets. It's not stickers. And till this day, I have so many people contact me, and they're afraid of like, well, what if I get charged for littering? What if I blah 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 blah? And I'm like, you are leaving art around. You are not littering like yeah you are basically calling your art garbage you are leaving artwork around you're not littering around town you're leaving stuff that has value don't be afraid of getting a slap on the wrist you know what i mean like that's yes, my biggest definitely. thing it's like don't be afraid of getting a slap on the wrist because at least then it'll allow you to think much more outside of the box i think about what Nanu did with coming back with water and stuff like that and just selling the water, a lot of people, they would be like, Oh, you can't do that. And it's like, just, just do it. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not hurting anybody, as long as you are having fun and as long as you're not damaging property, then really the worst that's going to happen is somebody's going to tell you like, Hey, you can't do that. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Do you want to <laughs> come to my show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not following the rules almost got me arrested, said Hank. <laughs> Hank. <laughs> Hank, I would, you know, it depends. But it, I, I, what I would say here is like it almost got you arrested. You almost. Know, you know, almost. <laughs> Nanny said nobody gave me a hard time. <laughs> he said the same Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends. You know, you do want to follow. You do want to follow certain rules like i said um when it comes to like graffiti art and stuff like that i i you know i there are certain things that i'm not going to damage anybody's property i am not going to put anybody's life at risk i'm not going to put my life at risk you know and there have been a lot of uh things that i've thought of that i was like oh you know what i'll do this because this will be great um that Thinking through the logistics. Thinking of through it. the logistics of it, I'm like, yeah, that's that's probably not going to, you know, that might might hurt somebody, and that's that's you know that I had this brilliant idea of promoting one of my shows by creating all these life size sculptures and hanging them from the trees in one of the local parks, and although it would have been very beautiful and it would have looked great, in thinking about it, I realized like, okay. If there's a bad storm, these might hurt someone. They might hurt the the property. They might hurt the trees. Mm -hmm. um, like this is something that I would need to get permits and have a controlled environment. Most definitely. Um, so like there are things like that. You know, you do want to think through those things. But going out and, and, and you know, selling dog toys at a park that, you know, or or promoting yourself or putting magnets on, you know, that say, hey, you're beautiful today um, on a light post that you're not like the most you're going to get is a slap on the wrist. Hank said hanging sculptures from a tree is a risk idea for numerous reasons. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So definitely think things through, you know, and I think a good rule of thumb is to brainstorm as many harebrained ideas as you can possibly come up with and at least write them down, but then really do narrow it down to stuff that you actually might enjoy doing that will be logistically sound, that won't damage anything or hurt anyone, um, you know, but, but in the, in the brainstorming phase, let yourself come up with a and million different things. And that's the biggest thing. It's like you, you want to not 
hold back either. And then, then that's where you think about it. Like, you know, and, and you gotta, you know, ask questions as well. Cause a lot of times when I first started, I got in a bunch of stickers and I thought, Oh, this would be a great idea if I, if I do stickers. And then I realized, wait a second, like if I had a building or a car and somebody put it, you know, well, I do have a car, but if somebody like threw a sticker on my car, I'd be pissed. Not that I was going to put a sticker on anybody's car, but like the idea of like hanging the stickers on the, you know, different things like that. And then I realized like, okay, that's a bad idea. Well, maybe I'll leave the stickers in a place. And then I realized that if I leave the stickers in a place and someone else might just put them around, put that sticker somewhere where you don't want it. So you kind of, you, you think things through, uh, which is a really good idea, but also don't hold yourself back. If, if it's not damaging property, it's not a possible risk to anyone or risk to yourself. Um, you know, I would, I would just do it. I would do it. Kirkman said, thinking about leaving laser engraved wood medallions with special marks and or numbers. If people find them and tag on social media, they get something free or discounted. Maybe leave hints on social media where to find. That's a cool that's, idea. Kirkman. That's a good idea. I did that with the first scavenger hunt that I did um, where I just kind of like took a picture of a place that was close to it. Right. And that's, that was my hint. At first I was going to do like, um, poems with like riddles and things like that. And then I realized that was way too, maybe for another time. Hank said, I just want to celebrate the, all of us, us being able to be individuals and, uh, and as such being on a journey of self-discovery. Absolutely. Hank. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Good idea, buddy. Yeah. That is a great idea. Kirkman. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. But the, find a way, if you're going to do hints, find a way to make it really easy on yourself. Yeah. That's, don't make that's it my like, advice. <laughs> that makes me think of like the scavenger hunt that happened, uh, what it was it like 50 years ago or something that no one ever solved it. Cause it was like really, there's actually two of them. There's two of them, there's, two scavenger hunts yeah. that are still active for like several decades. Cause the clues are very difficult. And they're in books. You can buy the books for the clues. Now, I totally want to do that. Like I as a inspired. legacy I thing? I want to do that. I want to take a road trip around the country, right? When we when we road trip and I want to hide things around the country and then do a book that, um, you know, has clues on where people could find them. And that would be fun. You know, and it's funny. So like that kind of thing is fun. But when you're thinking about the promotional value of that, that's huge promotion. Um, but- at the same time, like if you're doing it just for the promotion, that's a lot of effing work. Yeah. You know, and, and really even doing a scavenger hunt, that's a lot of effing work. Um, doing anything is a lot of work. And there has to be another reason why you're doing it. It's got to be because, you you know, it's fun for you. Tina said, I saw that on the History Channel on Expedition I. Yep. Yeah, I think that's how I learned about those, yep. those also. Yeah, and then we nerded out and did all the research and looked it up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. All right, mm-hmm. so... That's what I have. You have any two cents that you would like to add before we end our podcast? I think I already shared it. You know, don't limit yourself in coming up with harebrained ideas. Enlist a partner in shenanigans if if that helps get you laughing and having a good time. And, you know, definitely think about the logistics of it before you go forth with any plans. Question is, how do you do something like that that includes online and offline local? So, Esther, the best way that I would do that um, is to, you know, online is where I would be showing the clues, right? Mm -hmm. So you're kind of mixing your online Uh, You're getting more people to look at it because they know that there's something going on out in public, right? Um, To be honest with you, a lot of people are always excited that if they get to leave the house. I remember that (laughs) that people would send me pictures of them out in their pajamas. Trying to beat beat everyone else to to get to the scavenger hunt. And that was because I was promoting it online. I wasn't promoting it in person. In fact, if anything, while I was walking around in person, I was trying to get people not to pay attention to me. So honestly, most of the promotion for that happened online. Now, that is local. That is local. Um, what I would do, and it's something that I've thought about, is where uh, 
you know, I would do maybe Easter eggs or something like that. I was that, thinking that too, online where, Easter egg hunt. Yeah, where they get like a free um, a free download of a sticker or a song or something like that. It's still a work in progress, the way that I'm thinking about it. But honestly, just sharing something free with them online, because um, that's essentially what you're doing with the local market is you're sharing something free with them. Uh, but you could, you could definitely figure out ways to do that where you're tying them together and, and just giving a shout out to your online peeps and letting them know, like, this is what's happening locally, but don't worry. I haven't forgotten you. Um, cause you know, they're all family. Uh, that's, that's the way I see it. I guess I worry that the people who aren't local couldn't participate yeah, that's that's where where I would thank you. Good thoughts. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, all right, and I would say that that's it. That was a great talk, you guys. Really, really enjoyed that. Yes, thank you for your questions and your stories. They were wonderful. Yes, uh, they were. Let's all continue to come up with harebrained ideas, and uh, you know, try some of them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> At some point, uh, we're going to be doing a rogue mastermind, so it'd be cool to like come up with like just all the harebrained ideas. And in fact, a lot of really good ideas were brought up here, which I, I love. Most definitely. And thank you guys so much for being here and doing the chat with us during this live stream. You guys, the Rogue family, you guys are amazing. And for everybody else that's listening to this, thank you guys so much for being here. We always enjoy being able to put this out there. And listen, if you have a comment section on whatever platform you're listening to this, um, go ahead and leave a comment on how you've promoted yourself outside of the box. And if you like this and you'd like to subscribe, go ahead and click on whatever platform you're on, whatever subscription there is. And yeah, I would say that that's it. Would you like to say goodbye, Clee? Indeed I would. Good day, everyone. Adios.